You're listening to the Quince podcast. The much awaited IPOs of Paytm, the largest issue in the history of the Indian stock market, and Nike, the homegrown fashion brand, finally came to an end on 11th November, with the latter having a blockbuster start on the listing day with its valuation crossing rupees 1 lakh crore. The issue price for Nike was rupees 2018 a piece, with a premium of 79% over its issue price. But the strong demand from all categories of investors resulted in the company making it to the top 100 mid-caps on the Bombay Stock Exchange. ahead of giants like State Bank of India and even Coal India the rally in the markets also resulted in the company's founder Fulguni Nair's net worth touching 7 billion dollars making her India's wealthiest self-made female billionaire but while on one end Nike made out like a bandit Paytm's parent company 197 Communications struggled to garner a full subscription with less than 50% of the stock being subscribed even on the second day of listing And according to analysts, one of the reasons for the weak response could be the massive size of the issue itself. Joining me today to help break down why Paytm received such a tepid response and the reasons behind Nike's incredible success is Neeta Shah, markets editor at Bloomberg Quint. You're tuned in to the Big Story, the podcast where we dissect the headline-making news for you, and I'm your host, Emmat. Things for Paytm did not seem great from the issue day itself, with only 18% of the entire issue being subscribed on the first day and 48% on day 2. It barely crossed over to being fully subscribed on its final day of bidding, with the entire issue subscribed only 1.9 times. But before we dive into the possible reasons on why the payments platform struggled, a quick background on the company. Paytm's parent company 197 Communications is one of India's leading digital ecosystems. with everything from sending money, cashless payments at your nearest grocery store, shopping and even buying gold is available on the platform. It essentially is a one-stop shop cashless platform and enjoys a market share of 40% according to a money control report. This also meant a massive IPO of rupees 18,300 crore, the biggest ever in India's corporate history with a valuation of close to 20 billion dollars. But coming back to why it did not perform well, the company's valuation the diversified nature of its platform and the size of the ipo itself could have been what held back major investors and according to a cnbc report hardly any of the big investors bid for this issue according to the report non institutional investors nii which comprise of high net worth individuals as well barely responded to the issue the portion reserved for them was subscribed only 24% the qualified institutional buyers category or qibs for which paytm reserved 2.63 crore shares bid only 6% of that the company has also been making losses for the past 3 years with cash flows running in the red in fy19 fy20 and fy21 and according to an india today report the valuation of the company itself which is 49.7 times fy21 revenues and the lack of a clear path to profitability were one of the reasons which held the company back at the ipo Neeraj Shah, the market editor at Bloomberg Quint, adds that since Paytm is not in a niche sector with fairly high pockets of competition in Google and PhonePay, it didn't have the same listing pop as previous IPOs like Zomato. At least in my view, quite unlike some of the other tech-first IPOs that have come out uh, in 2021, uh, Paytm is not not unique and doesn't have a niche 
and actually has fairly high and big pockets competing against it, right? Um, so uh, while Paytm was the first of the block, we've seen what Google Pay and PhonePay have done in the recent past. So that would be at the back of the mind of everybody. The financials, uh, I mean, you could argue that the financials are weak, but that's the same as for Zomato, right? Zomato trades at, as per the Morgan Stanley estimate, about 400 times FY24 PE. That is if it makes any E in the first place. So I don't think the weak financials are an issue. I think one, uh, the valuations, whichever shape or form you value the company as, did appear a bit overvalued. And my personal belief is that it is not in a niche compared to some of the others which are which have come out. And of course, um, I think before the show we were talking about, uh, you referring to is the size of the issue and concern. You could argue that most times the size does make, um, uh, a, a, a nice size does become a challenge. But Imaji, you got to figure, you got to remember that Zomato was very large when it came. Just relative to Paytm, it is small. But at, at well over a billion dollars, Zomato was not small and yet got subscribed very well and listed very well and is holding out very well. So maybe just maybe the size is not necessarily the defining part. Mr. Shah adds that large IPOs like Paytm also generally struggle to make the cut due to outperformance by themselves. So whether it's 18,000 crores or whether it is what that issue size was relative to what the average benchmark size in that year was for that company, right? I think that makes the difference because as as years go by, I mean, Reliance Power inflated to uh, the current size from 2008 would probably have looked as large or dwarfed uh, uh, maybe Paytm also. So in that sense, uh, we got to be mindful of that. But yeah, large issues uh, don't necessarily make the card because uh, outperformance by itself is is difficult because of the base. So you could argue that yes, size. Is a bit of a constraint and maybe the proof of the pudding will be when we actually see the LIC IPO coming out. Moving now to the other end of the spectrum, where homegrown fashion and beauty startup Nike's IPO became the beast by almost doubling its issue price and surpassing the rupees 1 lakh crore valuation on listing day itself. Founded by former banker Falguni Nair less than a decade ago in 2012, the company is one of the leading fashion and lifestyle platforms in India with close to 13 million followers across social media platforms. In comparison to Paytm, Nika's IPO was subscribed 1.5 times by day one. By the end of day two, the entire issue was subscribed 4.8 times, with the retail portion, according to a CNBC report, subscribed six times. By the end of day three, the entire issue was subscribed at a staggering 80 times. The CNBC report adds that even QIBs oversubscribed the issue by 91% and the NIIs overbid 112 times. And according to Mr. Shah, Nika's bumper debut was already forecasted by many experts, with many of the original investors hesitant to shed their stocks. He also weighs in on the multifold factors on why the company performed so well at the IPO. So the reasons are multifold. Um, one, I, I, th I think the niche that it has, right? You, I don't. So, for example, while Shopper Stock, you could argue, has a cosmetic division, and I think the last data that I have read says that Shopper Stock, for example, sells about 20 to 20 percent of its merchandise which is cosmetics but you don't have a cosmetic focused uh, player uh, per se it, it's a bit of a niche of its own that nika has uh, two i think when you look at the nika business model closely as some people who have invested in on the institutional side have told me uh, is that uh, it is it is right now trading at the very base level of the uh, of the value that it sells to people so it's uh, the, the 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 people who are buying or, or the customer which is buying a Nika products or products through Nika is buying not the premium end currently 
So the quantum of up upscaling that is possible for Nika from the same customer is huge in, 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 a, in a country like India, right? And therefore, uh, that is something that most people are penciling in or most uh, people on the buy side are penciling in when they are betting on Nika. And for all of these companies, I mean, Paytm is a separate case in point, but for Zomato, Nika, et cetera, which are all merchandise companies, one of the key factors that everybody believes or everybody equates to uh, quite strangely is, is in Amazon. Everybody looks back to what Amazon was in 2001, 2002 and where it has become because it had customers in its bank and it was able to do multiple things. Now, again, I'll take a minute here, but you can argue that Zomato has gone the reverse way, right? Wherein they are not buying every adjacency they are trying to build a hyper-local business, but they've also stopped, for example, uh, that uh, grocery delivery business as well. So you can argue that people are charting their own courses in a different fashion, but I think there is merit in the argument that if you have the customer on your app and if you can do similar adjacencies well, then the growth in business uh, could be actually non-linear, which is what I think most people are betting on. But in, in Nika's case, of course, uh, I think there is this whole factor of uh, how well the business has done uh, also, one last point here, I think just before the IPO, it was it was well known to almost everybody that the existing investors, there was a bit of a hesitation amongst all existing investors to sell off a large stake. Everybody wanted to stay put with the Nika stock because they believed in the ability of Falguni and team to grow the business and grow it profitably in some point of time. But if you are one of those lucky retail investors to bid for Nika, what should you do with your investment now? Should you get out with the listing gains or sit tight for the long run? Mr. Shah weighs in. So it depends on the kind of the investors, Himanji. I would, I mean, there's some people who play for the pop. And if you're playing for the pop, I mean, don't even think of what a large blue-blooded investor on the foreign institutional side is talking on TV about what he wants to do with Nika because he's happy with that 8-10% CAGR return, right? You want the pop, you want 100%, get out of it. The stock may well do much better going ahead, but you're playing for the pop. But if you're not, if you're not playing for the pop, uh, and if you want to stay invested in some of these tech businesses because of the kind of growth that they can show, then I think what the existing investors of Nika were wanting to do uh, is, a, is a clear indication of the faith that they have in the management. Uh, and therefore, um, maybe just maybe, you might want to stay put. I, I caution out here that you will hear number of people including, for example, the co-founder of Zerodha saying that on social media that Nika is valued at 1600 PE. I mean, I don't think you value these companies on the back of PE, right? So uh, if you're staying put, be prepared for speed bumps. They will welcome uh, and uh, you might see your valuation drop or the portfolio value or the Nika value drop by 20, 25% on, in, in any run. But I think there are some people who swear by the model and the team and the fact that in the long term this could create value so maybe make a maybe make a separate portion of your portfolio if you're 100 100 bucks let's say if you're keeping five bucks in your portfolio for these new age businesses then maybe nika should be one amongst them for sure that's it for today's show if you want to catch more deep dives and analysis into the biggest headlines of the day subscribe to the big story podcast where we dissect the headline breaking news monday to friday if you like listening to this episode, please subscribe to The Big Story for episodic updates. We're available on Apple, Google Podcasts, Spotify, GeoSavan, and most of the other popular podcast streaming platforms. For other podcasts, please log on to the Quint website. And for any feedback, please shoot an email to podcast at thequint.com.
Thanks for listening. Log on to the Quince website and check out our other podcasts. 